0: Welcome back to the show today, we are speaking with another storytelling coach, which I love because this is not something I come across a lot in this area. And there's so much room and so much need for us to share who we are and our stories. So today we are speaking with Ms. V, the storyteller, and the topic is all about you have a voice, so use it. Valeria Elliott, better known as Mrs. V, the storyteller, lost her voice at six years old and didn't get it back until she was 23. She started sharing her personal stories and decided to turn them into a podcast. Her podcast is for anyone who has lost their voice and wants to get it back. Her stories are personal and she uses them as a tool to help others who may have gone through very similar stories. And this really comes down to that. We are so much more connected than we realize. So what we talk about is how we can find ourselves stuck in a chapter of our lives. And then we continue to give that story or that chapter so much meaning that we actually keep it alive. Our stories are the point of connection and learning how to share them allows us to build incredible connections with others. We can also learn to train ourselves to not live in the stories or to not live in our past. Our story is simply an experience. And the more we put people on pedestals, and we talked about this in a very in-depth and beautiful way, in the sense that with mentors, with people that we see, the people who we think we know what their story is, but I've always say, we promise we do not know what their story is. We put them on this pedestal and when we do that, we create this bigger gap that we give for ourselves to reach that growth in our life. And we almost make it feel like it's impossible that I'm ever going to be able to do what she's doing. But meanwhile, we don't actually know what her story is. And we're telling ourselves the story in the process. So This is such a beautiful episode. If you've ever wondered, like, do I have a story, which you do, and how do I learn how to share it? We really talk about connection. And here's a great example of two strangers who met at the beginning of a podcast an hour ago, and were able to connect on such a great level because we were able to dive into pieces of our story and recognize ourselves in each other. You're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today Miss V. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> okay, I had to. I had to and if you're listening you're like what? But we were just having a great conversation about pronouncing our names properly and to how men and women are different. Women want to keep doing it to get it right when She's just giving me permission to call her Miss V. So that's what we're going to (laughs) do.
1: Yes. And for those of you who are curious, my name is Valeria, but it's a difficult name to say for some. So I'm like, Marsha, you can call me Miss V or V. And that's an easy way out because as women, we want it right. And we were stressed and struggle and like, oh my God, I want to say her name right. I want to say her name right. And I just gave you an out. So it's yes. easy, freezing, no stress. And we're going to have a great interview. I am so <laughs> looking
0: forward to this. I honestly am. So I want to jump right in because I call myself a storytelling business coach. I love women in business, but I always believe it comes back to our stories and who we are and learning how to share that. Very rarely do I see the titles storyteller or storytelling business coach or something pop up, which is great. And I saw yours and I'm like, Oh, and I looked at your story and I'm like, okay, wow. So we're going to dive into that in a second, but I want
1: to, you to explain what does storytelling mean to you? Storytelling to me is life because our life is a book of stories everything that we've been through in our entire life is a story. When you start a conversation with somebody you're really into, you start telling stories. When you met your husband, you shared stories. He shared stories. And that's how you got to know each other. When you go on an interview, sometimes you end up telling a story about something that happened to you on your old job. So life is just a, your life, It's just a book of stories. And depending on how your life ended up or constantly going, it's just growing into more stories. Some people say, I just put a chapter into that chapter of a book. And now I'm starting a new chapter. Well, a book is what? Story is a story. Mm -hmm. So I look at it as storytelling is my life in written form or in verbal form when I'm telling stories, personal stories about myself. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because I think too,
0: that a lot of people don't even see why storytelling is
1: important or that it it works for everybody. Like everybody, right? Everybody. It is. Like I just gave you an example. Our life is literally just a bunch of stories. The Bible is stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything. And when you look at a movie, it's a story. When you listen to a song, it's a story. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is a story within itself. When we finish this interview, that is now a story Mm -hmm. of when I got on the show with Marsha and we just talked and That's now a story. So later on, I could share it with someone and they're like, oh my God, I want to hear that interview that you did because it sounds like it was so good. I just shared a little bit of a story with you and now you're intrigued and you want to like, oh my God, I got to listen to it. And I mean, if you look at it that way and you have the pen. You can write your own story, how it ends up. And people forget that. That is so important because when you have a problem or a situation that comes up, you have a pen, which is you, and you write how the end is going to become. If you want it to have a happy ending and you will, it, it may have a happy ending, but if it doesn't have a good ending, you go back and you reread it and you say, what did I learn from that? Oh my God, I learned so much from that. Mm-hmm. And you just wrote, it may be a different ending than you want, but you learn from it and books are stories and we learn from them. I'm sorry. I'm passionate. As you can see, I was laughing. I felt like I need to give a little bit of a disclaimer. There's probably going
0: to be some energy in this episode between the two of us. So yes. I love it. I absolutely love That's it. Me. Me too, actually, honestly, you have no idea. (laughs) So I'm laughing because um, one of the things, like one of the quotes that we hear a lot of is, right, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And I love that you're talking about this. I want to know, before we dive into your story, what's your take
1: on why do we get stuck in certain chapters? Because we want to live in the past or we want to constantly relive the past over And over and over again, and something that God shared with me, I'm a God girl. So yeah, yeah. I'm just letting everybody know I'm a God girl. So it's going to come out because it comes out in my story. God, anyway, (laughs) we, God is like, he shared with me one morning meditation. He was like, leave the past where it is. It has already served its purpose. And the purpose of our past is for us to learn from it. And we want to wallow in it. And we want to sit there in it. And it's just like a woman with a man that's left her. Oh my God, he has gone and moved on. Let it go. It is your past. He is your past. Look forward to your future. Cause you got so much in front of you and you just don't know it. Mm-hmm. And I think women, especially we like to wall. Sometimes we like to wallow in self pity and, and things that we've gone through. And I had to train myself. This is my word. My word is pass. When I find myself constantly going back over something that happened to my, fat, my past, a conversation, a heated conversation, or a boss that got on my last nerve or something like that. When I realize I'm doing it, I immediately, in, self, in my brain, I say pass. Mm-hmm. And that signal, signals my brain to stop. Stop going there. It's over with. It's done. Mm -hmm. If you need to go back and look at what you learned from it, it's okay. But once you take that sentence out, whatever it is that you learned, once you get it, you close that chapter and you move forward.
0: Mm -hmm. So powerful. I love the like one word, the one word, the mantras, whatever it is. I say like, it it comes down to how fast can you disrupt the pattern? Because the pattern's going to keep showing up, right? Like it's, you're not bad or not good at what you're doing. If you continually drop back into the past. It's how fast can you shift that so that you don't yes. stay there?
1: Yes, yeah. and I I also think of it this way: when you're in one of those downward spirals and you're like crying and you you're just you you completely lost it. I give myself a time. I can sit here for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, but then I need to pull my crazy stuff together, wipe my face, and move. On. Mm-hmm. And I and, and there's nothing wrong with sitting in it for a little bit because some people take a little bit longer to mm-hmm. get past something. Or you know, when you revisit your past, it may take you a little bit longer to find out what is that little something? What was I supposed to learn from this? Why did this happen? It may take you a little bit longer, but once you get it, get out of it. Mm-hmm. It has served its purpose. You've learned what you need to learn. It served as perfect. Leave it where it is yeah. and move on. Yeah.
0: I absolutely love that. Now, have you always been a
1: storyteller? No, yeah. this is a gift from
0: God. <laughs> it's a gift from God because you lived these lessons and learned, yes. right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Share with us wherever you feel comfortable, your story. Cause I, I can't wait to hear it all.
1: Okay. My life is a story in itself. When I was six years old, I lost my voice. And when I tell people I lost my voice immediately, they go to, oh, my God, you know, it was something medical. No, it was a six year old who was going through family dynamics, who chose to stop talking. And it was her way of getting out of trouble. She was my brain was like, "Okay, if you stop talking, you won't get in trouble. You won't get in trouble in school. You won't get in trouble. And as time went on, my, ve- my voice got smaller and smaller to the point where I felt like nothing I had to say was important. So why even speak up? And I didn't get my voice back until I was 23. And I went through all the teenage years and any- everybody's been a teenager. And there's a few of us that had great years, but teenage years can be a hot mess. Yeah, 100%. And especially middle school. Ooh, you know, and I went through that and I went through my early, you know, into adulthood. I went into it and I just felt like nothing. I I didn't even have a self-esteem. People say you have low self-esteem. Well, take the word out low. I didn't have a self-esteem at all. People would talk across me. I got bullied in high school. People would, I would be in a room and I would open my mouth, but my words had no power because I had no self-esteem. So, Anytime I tried to talk, it was so soft and my head was down. People would just talk, across me as if I wasn't talking. I went through so much hurt and pain. I mean, it was horrible. And I was 23 and I became a Christian and I gave my life to the Lord. And one day I just got on my knees and I said, God, I am so tired of being hurt. I am so tired of living like this. I know you could not have wanted me to live this way. Please give me my voice back. And that's exactly what God did. He answered my prayer, but be careful when you pray sometimes, because when I got my voice back, God honored that prayer, but I start treating people out of hurt and pain the same way that they treated me. I was treating them. I wasn't a nice person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't kind to people. I wasn't nice and loving to people the way I wanted them to be towards me. I had turned into them. Mm-hmm. And now I was cutting people up. I was mean to people. I was going to get you before you got me. And one day I was sitting at a football game and God allowed me to hear myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like what was Coming out of my mouth. I was cussing at people. I was rude. I was nasty. And I said, Oh my God, I have just become the same people who bullied and hurt me. Mm-hmm. I went back on my knees and I'm like, Lord, listen, I do not like who she is. To be perfectly honest, I'd rather go back to the other person. But to be honest, God, I don't want to be either one of those people. Help me get some type of medium. Help me to speak up for myself, but out of love and kindness for other people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be rude, nasty, and ugly because I know how I felt when people did it to me. And God answered that prayer. However, I will say he's still answering it because I'm not 100% because nobody is, nobody we're not is. perfect. And if you catch us on a bad day, oh my God, you never know what's coming out of anybody's mouth. If you have a pastor, even Jesus, and I use it as an example, some people cringe. I'm like, Jesus walked on the earth just like we did. Listen, you catch Jesus on a bad day, you know, you might not know. You might not like what come out of, you know, his you don't know what people are going through. So you catch them and it's like, oh, my God, she was. But the, the key that I found out with that is when I realize I've done that, I'm like, oh, my God, let me go back and apologize. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. When you catch me on one of those days. I'll come back. You know what? I am so sorry. Now, what I said might not have been wrong, but the way I said it was wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: I'm laughing because that's me to a T. It's like, yeah, but it wasn't wrong what I said. It's just what the I way said I was, said it.
1: It was the way I said it. Absolutely. And I'm I'm apologizing because I should have came across more nicely, kindly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I appreciate God. I'm a good about 75% of the good person, you know, 25%, good, you good. know, and, and i grateful because each day i feel like i'm getting better and better i don't i'm never going to be perfect you know life is not perfect the world is not perfect so but my scribe every day is to be a better version of the new me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I not the you. old non talker or not the know not the cuss router <laughs> hey they both live inside of me so i get it i i get it
0: i even had a moment it was just this weekend and i was like my reaction to something And it stirred up something else and I wasn't overly proud, but I I watched my, I could almost watch myself and it was like, okay, we need to break this. And I have to change scenery immediately. And I would just like put my shoes on went for a walk. I was like, I have to clear my head and how I respond to this. And it just always reminds me that like, we're human. We're allowed to have reactions, things happen, but how we respond is what matters.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you knew enough to get out of this situation. And I am the same way because I my sister said at one time we were having an argument. Well, she was having an argument because I wasn't saying anything. But anyway, (laughs) she was going crazy or whatever. I I was on my computer and I closed my laptop. I got up very quietly and I said, I'm out of here because mm-hmm. I needed to remove myself from the yeah. situation. And she made a comment, there she goes again. She's a runner, she'll run away. I'm like, see, this is what you don't understand, sister. I'm saving your life. Because <laughs> right now inside of me, I'm on a 10. Yeah. So I know the Christian woman in me is saying, "Valerie, well, get out of the situation. Get up and get out of the situation. Now, and the whole ride home, I was telling her off. I was sharing everything that was in my heart on the ride home, yep. but I didn't do it because then that would have created a whole nother situation. Mm-hmm. It would have been an argument in front of family and friends. It would have been a hot mess, but I chose the high road. I'm going to just leave mm-hmm. and pull my crazy stuff together. And, um, yeah, I just saved you. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I love this. Um, I think that it's interesting because some people will perceive that reaction, To You are running. You are avoiding. You aren't dealing with it. Come back here and like have the fight, have the fight, because if that's also how you're used to responding or they're used to you responding, then the change doesn't make sense to them, but it's not running. It's choosing. I always stop and I'm like, no, I'm not choosing to be part of this. This is just not a choice. Um, I'd choose something different. And that is really, it's interesting because then I think we can learn to make it more about ourselves than that person, right? It's like, they've messed up, they've done this. It's like, no, I don't choose to be part of this. This is just not my choice right now.
1: But I also look at it is when you engage in them, you've just given them power. You've yep. given them your power yeah, because you have the power to choose right and wrong You have the power to choose how you want to deal with the situation. And to be perfectly honest, I don't care what the other person thinks. Because in that moment, you don't know what's going on in my head. I don't know what's going on in your head. And my head is telling me to get out of it before I say or do something that I'm going to regret. Mm -hmm. And as angry as I am, I might physically put my hands on you not, and I've never been a fighter. Believe me, I didn't even talk. So, you know, I didn't raise my hands and put my hands on anybody, but you never know what's, you know, some people have a, I call it anointing to pull the bad out of you. It's just something about, there are some people, no matter when you get in, you know, when you're around them, they just have that way of making you go there. And you like, every time I'm around you, you make me go there. You have a special gift of pulling negativity out of people. I don't want to be around you anymore. And there are people in the world that way. You just have to stay clear from them. Just stay away from them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I actually think how I equate that is that I like God's put that person in my path for me to get better. It's just put like, it's, it's for me to get better with my, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think,
1: and you're right. Because if you keep running into that same person, either they have to change it and nine times out of 10, they're not, or you're going to have to right, change right. the way that you respond and react to them. Yeah. So you're right. Sometimes God, cause I have someone in my life that, that that's yeah. And I have to constantly <laughs> I do. Same, same. Okay. So I
0: want to take you back to the six-year-old girl because I also have a bit of a science background and I'm a bit of a geek that way. And I want to know, like, what was that first day where you're like, my voice is gone. Did you try and use it and it wasn't there?
1: Did you just decide? Nope. I, I can't. Yeah. What was that like? It was a decision. Literally, it was a decision. It was something it was one day things were just going so much in my house. I'm like, you know what? You know what? I'm just not going to say anything. I'm I'm just not going to say anything. And then that went on to another day. And I'm like, well, it worked. I didn't get in trouble. You know, i moved myself out of the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. So the next day I'm like, okay, let's do this again. Mm -hmm. And you got to think, at, think of back when you were six years old and it, and the things exactly. that you, you know, that goes on in your head. And mm-hmm. I'll tell any parent, you never know what your child is going, what's going on in your child's head. So communication is key. Keep talking to your children. You need to know how they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how kids turn into teenagers and then they can't handle situations because of the way that their brain you know, the the things that they tell themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was telling myself, you know what, this is to protect me. This is to keep me out of trouble. This Mm is not knowing that later on, it was going to be something negative that caused me a lot of pain and hurt, you know, and I don't think my parents really knew how to deal with a child that, you know, that's really not talking aloud. Most parents wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, so they did the best that they could, but I'm thinking I'm protecting myself and they're trying to figure out what was going on with me. And I'll tell you a funny story. My father, he really thought something was wrong with me. So he had my mom take me to have my ears checked. Yeah. In the morning of my appointment, my father called and put me on the phone and he said, if nothing is wrong with your ears, when I get home, I'm going to beat your, um, behind. Yep. Keep it clean. I'm going to beat your behind. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I wasn't a dumb child, y'all. I was very smart. When I went to that ear doctor, I couldn't hear nothing. He was like, okay, which ear? I was like, I'm not hearing nothing because what you don't understand, if if I pass this test, my dad is going to light me up like a firecracker. I don't hear nothing. So <laughs> I failed the hearing test. They gave my mom some hearing stuff for my ears, you know, and I got home and I made sure my dad saw that bottle, that medicine on the table to save my butt. But- oh, oh my gosh. Amazing. Sorry. Thank you for sharing that with us because like here is a
0: six-year-old that figured out how to work through a difficult situation, you know, had the knowledge to say, no, I can't hear anything. Like basically no, no response. You knew how to respond in that moment.
1: I told you I was a smart child, you know, yeah. now I might've made a dumb decision, but I was a smart child, you, you know, a and, decision as a six-year-old, like that's a the, six-year-old. Yeah. Yeah as a six-year-old, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was, when I look back, I don't think it was the smartest decision, but in that moment, it probably was my, when I go back and I look at the six-year-old me, I wish I had not have kept it going that long, but, but it, it became a part of me. Exactly. It became part of your identity. It was working. Yeah. It was working.
0: Yeah. This is the, and this is where it's so interesting, right? When we, when we start to We start to pick up a habit, a part of us becomes us. I am like a fighter at the core, but I grew up in a very challenging, like, time and a challenging experience. And the fighter in me, I swear, kept me alive. So the reinforcement was that I was the fighter because she kept me alive and she kept me going through a lot of difficult times. And that became part of me. It is part of me. The fighter is part of me. But I think we also have to have that point in our life where we look back and it's like, okay, that trait served me when I was six. Right. I don't need to live there for the rest of my life because
1: I'm not six now and I'm not in that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. But I think sometimes something, be, it, it becomes a part of you over uh, a period of time. I, I know somewhere it says if, if to uh, make something a habit, you need to do it for three weeks or a month <laughs> or whatever, and it becomes a habit, you know, well, It was years. So it was literally a part of me. I'm (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I I hear you and I feel you. I do. It was a habit. It was, it was just, it, it became what I knew. Mm -hmm. And I look at it more times that it worked than it didn't work Mm -hmm. because I didn't get in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. I I didn't. And the trouble that I did get in, it wasn't bad trouble. It was literally um, my mom, I need you to talk to your daughter because she's not talking in class. Mm -hmm. You know, I need you to talk to her to make her speak up and answer questions. You know, that's not a bad trouble. That's one of those things where, you know, you know, I'm not stealing and I'm not fighting. I'm not a bully or anything, but it was just a simple, you know, I need her to talk up and speak up more for herself. You know, there was teachers who saw me, you know, they, they saw me and they were able to get me to talk, but. If you didn't ask me a question, I did not open my mouth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, if you did ask me a question, I remember in the fourth grade, I cried. I mean, I had a river, you know, (laughs) I I just cried all the time. And my nerves were kinking, and my teacher would call me and she got sick of me crying, you know, because I didn't want to answer questions. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. I didn't want to be hurt. I didn't want it. So I just closed down, Mm -hmm. you know, and even in middle school, and in high school, I'm grateful to God that he put certain teachers in my life because they they saw it. They were like, I'm going to help her. Mm-hmm. And it was their mission to help me. And I did have some great teachers who helped me um, to, to be able to come out of my shell a little, meaning that if they asked me a question in class, I would answer if i needed help i would wait after class and go up to them and talk to them never in class in front of the students right. but you know behind class and they were compassionate enough to say you know what i'm going to help her i had a math teacher who was great she was fluffy i don't call myself fat call myself fluffy cuz i like the way it sounds and <laughs> she took me under her wing and I made A's in her class and I found out that I love math. And it was just because of her, Mm -hmm. you know, she saw me, but some of my other teachers, that English teacher, that chick didn't see me. Yeah. She didn't care. I felt. (laughs) Yeah. No, I understand. I can,
0: I can, I feel that. And I do understand that. And as you are going through, like I mean, you said the teen years, like they really are the toughest years, no matter what. And then this just it allowed you to hide, but also exacerbated, I'm sure, some of the bullying. Some of, kids are terrible, seriously. Oh my kids are God, terrible. middle
1: school—they are mean. They like baby kids. And I don't know if anybody know what a baby kid. Is. No, you look it up. It's they some bad children. I mean, they're just bad and middle school. And I used to work in a middle school. Okay. I worked in a middle school and I'm thinking to myself, what happens to y'all when I get to heaven? I'm like, no, what happened? What, what happens to the brain? I have a question, Lord. It's me. Can I ask you a question? What happens to us when we turn into teenagers, into middle schoolers, because we are so mean? Not yeah. all. There's yeah. a small percentage that's not. I'm not saying all, but there are more. They're not that they just, I guess they're learning themselves or whatever it is. Anyway, middle Mm -hmm. school was not my friend, nor was high school. Now high school is where I got bullied. I got rammed into a locker. I got threatened. I mean, it was, it was really bad. It was really bad for me.
0: So where, which I'm so sorry for, because that is just, it's not an uncommon story, unfortunately, when it comes to Mm -hmm. high school, As you were going through high school, you didn't use your voice until you were 23. What were, what was it like leading up to the time where you finally went? I think I have to speak. Like, what was that time like for you?
1: Well, this is, I I look back at is this was a saving grace for me. When I I went into um, high school, it was 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be a cosmetologist from way back because my grandfather had a beauty shop in a um a barbershop and i idolized my great grandfather was like an entrepreneur and i loved him and i wanted to be like him so i went to school for cosmetology i went half day and i loved it so i wasn't in high school all day i was in high school for half day and then i went to school for cosmetology And that went towards me getting my license. So I had that break because now I'm doing something that I'm loving. I'm not in a classroom except for when we had theory. Um, But basically, it was just you and the teacher. It wasn't the class. It wasn't all of that pressure. And it was something that I loved and I wanted to do. So that kind of covered up all that other stuff. And so I had a break. It still didn't stop the bullying from the time that I was at school because once children or once people find out that you're not a talker and that you're very quiet and shy, um, the mean ones will take advantage of you. They do. They will mistreat you. I like mean, it's like they, yeah, it's kind of like they have that sense and they go ding, 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 ding. There's one. Let me get her to make themselves feel better about themselves mm-hmm. or to make themselves be, you know, great. Mm-mm. You know, I, I'm like, okay, he's found out or she's found out. So I'm going to avoid them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to stay clear of them because I know what they're going to do. Cause I've had a history of dealing with this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, and like I said, I was smart, but I'm like, I'm going to avoid it. But one of the bullies, he was in my class, so I couldn't avoid him. That boy, whew, he was terrible. <laughs> He got mad at me. He ran me into the locker. He was threatening me every day to the point where I had to tell my mom. And then she called the school and she let the school know if he put his hands on her. You know, my mom was like, if he put his hands on my child again, I'm coming up to school and I might be putting my hands on other people. And my mom, well, she was a fighter. I agree to say she wasn't a fighter. She was a fighter. She was mm-hmm. probably you. Yeah. <laughs> <Marcia>. probably.
0: <laughs> she was probably you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not too many people cross my path when that when that fighter comes out. It's like that is like, what is that? Like, yeah. Yeah,
1: my, a fire. yeah. But it was a teacher who saved my life. You know, wow. it was a, it was a teacher. He, you know, he, he saw it and he stopped it, you know, and You know, I, I, I think that was one of the reasons why later on I became a teacher because Mm -hmm. I had such good teachers that helped and they saw me, they Mm -hmm. saw me. (laughs) That's I, that's
0: beautiful because I think we've all had a handful of teachers who've made a big impact in our life. Like I definitely off the top of my head can think of some, I can think of others where it was like, if I would have only listened to what they said, I'm not sure what I'd be doing now. So thank God there are other ones placed in our path to give us that little bit more belief.
1: Yeah, I think everybody, well, I would pray that everybody would have a good teacher. And because of those, when I became a teacher, those children became my children. I protected them as if they were my own. And I had kindergarten, first and second graders, and they were my own children. Mm -hmm. And even now I'm not teaching anymore. And that's been some time back, but- I still have a relationship with a lot of my, a lot of my parents Mm -hmm. because of the way that I I treated their children. And some of the kids, you know, they're on Facebook. Hey, I just want you to know I'm doing good, Mm -hmm. you know? And I love that because I created a bond with them, but I don't think I would have been as a nurturing, caring, loving teacher if I had not have gone through the things that I Mm -hmm. went through. So I had it on both sides. I would know how a child that was bullied felt. I knew how, someone who didn't have a voice felt i knew how you know a child that walked around with her head down and felt in, invisible i knew all those feelings but i also encountered teachers that helped me through it and i'm like that's who i want to be like that's what i want i want to be like them i want to you know see a student and i had several of them and i loved on those babies let me tell you i saw it and i'm like oh no 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 you're not going to be a me I'm going to help you through this. Come here, baby. Let me love on you. You know, Let me help you come talk to me. Oh, I know. And there was a couple of my boys because they were so angry. Come here, let me talk to you. And we would sit down when we have conversation and I would share some of my childhood stories with them and their eyes would light up like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. you, you know, how I feel. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know exactly how you feel, baby. And that leads back to the, I feel,
0: I go back to Brene Brown a lot because I, I mean, her work has spoke to me, but one of the things she talks about is, is that as humans, we want to feel connection. We want to be seen. Like we want to be seen. We do want to be seen, even though we might hide under the radar. It's like, we actually do want to be seen in a safe way and feel that it's safe.
1: And I think you also want to be heard. That's why your voice is so important. And I think oftentimes and again, I'm a God girl. I think oftentimes the enemy attacks our voices. I know for me, he took my voice away because he knew that God had something great for me. And he was trying to hold on to my voice as long as he could. But the power of God is like, no, 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 no. no. I love her. She's my child. Mm-hmm. And she's going to get her voice back. And then I'm going to use her and you, and allow her to use her voice to help other people. Mm-hmm. Because you can't help anyone if you've not gone through anything. Oh, okay. Now you're preaching to the exactly. <laughs> no,
0: I'm serious. Because one of the things people will come to me and say, okay, I want to start a business. And and I will say, like, what, what do you want to speak, coach, write, to Help? Oh, I don't know. And they'll name something. I'm like, well, did you go through that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then don't. Like, don't, don't, because it's, it's, we don't, we need more authenticity. And that means that this is back to storytelling. What we do is the reason we are an expert. It's still always learning, like, Mm -hmm. still always learning, but an expert is because we've lived those lessons. We've lived them like over and over and over. That's why we can share.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I try to help small business women or men to find their story. Mm -hmm. Because if you have an intriguing story and you can get someone to connect with Mm -hmm. you, you know, just like you and I, we've been having this conversation. And there's so many things that I've said that you've connected to. You're like, oh, my God, I was that way. I have your attention. I have you. If I was selling a book, most likely you're like, I want to buy that book, which I am. But anyway, (laughs) but I'm saying that that is my point. And with small businesses and business in general. You know, you need to have your story. Think back. What have you gone through? Just like you said, what have you gone through? How So if a client comes to you with, with this, how are you going to help them? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you have to find your story. You have to find your niche. You have to find you. And when you do that, when people talk to you, it comes out naturally. Yeah. You don't have to sit and go, um, and think about it. It's just natural. Mm
0: -hmm. There's no script writing as far as making it perfect.
1: And you can tell when people are doing that. Oh yeah. You can can look at them and you can tell, oh Lord, she's trying to figure out what to say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you lose trust in them because, oh Lord, she's coming up with a lie. Look at her just brain, just trying to figure out a lie, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) you can feel it. And then immediately you just like, I don't trust her. Anything else that comes out of her mouth is probably going to be a lie. And you just lost a person.
0: Yes, you lose a person. And it's funny because, as not funny, but as you say this, is the fact that um, one of the questions I had for you, there's a lot of talk about like, you have to find your voice. You have to find your voice. I actually think, you know, you didn't lose it. You actually have to start using it to build confidence in it. So that's the other piece of it is that sometimes when we see people talking, they're like, well, I don't have the confidence to do that. I'm like, you have to start. Like, you have to start. It's like a confidence is a verb. You have to grow it by using it. So, as you started to use your voice,
1: what was that transition like for you? Well, it was more powerful. I started to feel a little bit of power. Mm -hmm. And what, what you were just saying, I did lose my voice because I didn't talk at all, I didn't use it. I didn't, nothing. It wasn't like I was trying to, the times that I did try, people would talk across me. So I went right back to silence and not saying anything. But after that, and after God helped me get this medium, I'm realizing, oh my God, what I have to say, it is important. Girl, speak up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to respond to people who were used to me in a certain way, they had a, like a look or they had like a, oh my God. You know, and then the positive people were like, oh, my God, are you so smart? You know, I'm showing now I'm showing them how smart I am or what I have to say. Oh, you're so wise or, you know, you're so. And then it started to feel good. I'm like, I like this feeling. Mm-hmm. I like this person. Oh no. Yeah. I found myself now. Oh, y'all in for something. You are in for something now. Cause I have my force back. Oh, and I'm going to release it into the world and you're going to hear me. And if you don't want to hear me, guess what? You can walk away. Cause when I don't want to hear you, guess what I do? I walk away. Yeah. I get off the phone, but there's five, 10, 15 other people who want to hear what I, I have to say. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it. And that's what I live by. You don't have to listen to me, baby, keep it moving. But for everybody who wants to hear me, here I go. Mm -hmm. Listen, I got a story for you. And I say it. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I think I have to assume, I'll
0: make the assumption for a second, that you got very good at reading people because if you were not speaking, you probably got very, very good at reading people quickly. And reading the situation and reading whether it was safe to like to be heard, be seen. And I'm sure all of those skills serve you well now too.
1: You're so right. You are so right. But you know, it's it can be a positive and a negative because my feelings are also so strong when I, as, as you can tell, I'm passionate about storytelling. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, passionate yeah. about getting your voice back. There are people that I can look at and immediately, I'm like, oh my God. I mean, literally immediately, I'm like, all right, how am I going to, let me pull myself together, you know, because this person is so not the person that needs to be here or I need, and I I would know immediately, and especially when they started to talk, I'm like, oh my God, they just lying everything that's coming out of their mouth is not the truth. Look at him. He can't even make eye contact with anybody at the table. Mm -hmm. That's look at that. That's Mm -hmm. a liar right there. Look at him fidgeting. Mm -hmm. Every time someone asks him a question, he goes, um, you know, and I'm counting the ums. lie, lie, um, lie, um, lie, um, not saying that every time you say, um it's a lie, but I'm saying sometimes it's a pattern, you know, because you're trying to think of something to say, the right words to say the right, right, right things. Yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. But then there's a positive because, you know, when I'm talking to somebody, if I'm getting good energy or I'm feeling good about it, I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I this is going to be great. Oh my God. Or sometimes I feel like I need to help this person. And just like my kids, I just want to love on them and I want to help them. When I see someone or woman, you know, I'm like, she's holding her head down. Oh my God, that's me. Let me go over and talk to her. And I'll give you another quick story because I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. My view, he brought his girlfriend over and I could tell that she was so uncomfortable. Well, she picked the right person, me. You know, she was really questioning. She was sitting over by herself. And my family is not one of those type of family. My family is loving and funny. It has issues. All families do. But overall, we are a comedic family. We always comedy. It's always gonna be laughter or something, whatever. And I saw her and she was sitting to herself and I said, Christina, come on over here and help me because I was decorating for my niece's 16 years. By the time we finished, she was laughing. She came out. She was just talking to everyone. And from that point on, every time she sees me, she's like, hey, auntie. And she would give me love and all that because I saw it and I wanted to pull it out of her. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I'm like, I love the feeling that I had. And I love seeing her no longer sitting in the corner with her head down you know, in her phone, she -hmm. was now engaged. You know, I'm like, you girl, do not sit up there like that. You open your mouth, you laugh, you joke, you say, if you want something to eat, you go in the kitchen, you just get it. Nobody's Mm going to say nothing. And if they do, I got your back.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I absolutely (laughs) love that. We need more and more people being able to share their voice and speak and share their stories and, and be that real authentic person because it just gives others permission to continue to do the same, right? Like we're just creating space for all of us to show up as who we are.
1: And my hope with her is when she sees someone else, she'll remember me and say, you know what? I'm going to be like Aunt Valeria. I'm going to go and help her. And that makes the world a better place because when you, when someone does something to you and help you out, and then when you see someone else, you take what you've learned from them and you help someone else, you can- it's like a train. You're making a positive change every time somebody else and someone else they help because the world is hurt. It's a lot of hurt people walking around. They just need a little bit of love and attention.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So you have taken this, um, your journey
1: to now being
0: in the space that this is your life and business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: God share with me. God was like, I want you to now that you have your voice back And you've been healed from a lot of things. I want you to now be a storyteller Mm -hmm. and all the stories that you share. I want them to be yours, your personal stories, because your personal stories have so much power. People can connect. You would be surprised how many people have gone through the same thing that you have, Mm -hmm. but their outcome is different and now you're going to help them to have a positive outcome like yours. So on my podcast, all my stories are my personal stories of everything that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. And when people listen, they're like, "Oh my god, I went through the same thing she did." But and one of the things I love is though, you and I can go, we can have different backgrounds mm-hmm. and we can go through through different things. But our outcomes could be different. I can learn from you, you can learn from me. And I remember one particular person, I love to where her daughter dealt with a bully. I wish I had been her, but I learned so much from a teenager. Now, her mother told me that she was bullied and she said that her daughter came home and they talked about, you know, the bullying and everything. And she said the next day her daughter went to school. And when the bully came to her, she said she turned around and confronted the bully. I mean, she literally turned around like what? What are you going to do to me? What? And I was like, oh, my God, I wish I could have been her. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she said when her daughter came on, she was like, mom, I was just tired of feeling that way. And I wish I had have gotten tired back then. Tired earlier. You know, <laughs> earlier. And she told me and I'm like, I'm so glad we talked about it because someone could listen and hear and hear the way their teenager dealt with it and hear the way that I and make a decision. I don't want to be that person who didn't talk in allowed a bully. I want to be her who confronted a bully and got it done and over with and moved on. Yeah. And it was all because of a story. We start talking about being bullied, you know, mm-hmm. so they have so much power. And God was like, this is what I want you to do. And this is what I've been doing. And I, I it makes me feel so good to help someone. Yes. I mean, it's, it brings me so much joy that I can help people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can tell, like, I feel it from you. And I love that because again, you're standing in your alignment. Like you are in your path right now, which is a beautiful thing. You have a book coming out. The book is already out. Okay.
1: Living in the key of joy. Mm -hmm. And basically it was a friend of mine. She gathered a group of women and all the stories in the book's are positive story. They all have positive outcome. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I share about me losing my voice, how I lost my voice, how I got it back. And, you know, about me being a storyteller, it's a little bit more detail. So Mm -hmm. you'll learn, you know, exactly everything that was going on. Um, It's on Amazon. And if, you know, anyone wants a copy, you know, of course they can email me and I'll give it to them. But it is a really good book of stories. When I sat and read some of the stories, some of the other people, there was one particular lady, she was an educator and I fell in love with her story. I guess because I'm a storyteller, but Mm -hmm. I fell in love with her story and I love the outcome because she lived in an era that I, I have no idea anything about. And she was telling how, you know, her her father, her grant, no, it was her father made them go to school. Although they had to travel for like 40 to 50 miles every day to go to school. Her mm-hmm. father made them go to school because he told her, you all are going to be educated. You are going to learn. And then she was talking about the books. They didn't have books and all this stuff. And I, my mouth is like in awe, like, oh my God, but she's an educator. Mm -hmm. She made it. She went to college and I loved it. So the book is full of stories and I love it. Gail, who's the author. I mean, the one that that brought it together. That's something that she loves to do. She loves to put positive stories out into war and into the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what she does. I'm a storyteller, but she loves to put positivity in the world through stories. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I've written in four led my own solo and then have
0: created and led to collaborative books. And I love seeing, um, because there's a lot of people who will never write their solo book, which is fine right. There's because it's a, it's a massive undertaking, but it allows people to be able to become published, but in a collaborative sense where they're being mm-hmm. supported by other authors right. We're sharing vulnerable stories. We tend to attract a lot of vulnerable stories and I think it's a beautiful thing. So I, I love the whole concept of collaborative books.
1: Yeah, I, I I think it's beautiful. Um, She has her volume two that just came out and me and my best friend, were are both in, well, she's in the first book along with me and she's also in the second book, but I just think it's a great tool. And one of the things I love about having those types of book is if you're not a person that likes to sit and read for hours, yeah. you can just go through and pick a story. Yeah. Yeah. You could go through and then you can come back and you can just look at the title. I'm like, I'm going through this. Let me read her story and see if I can get something positive out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And you don't have to sit and read the whole thing. You could just go through and find stories, mm-hmm. you know. And it's kind of like a God. Okay. You know what? I'm just having a really bad day. Let me read somebody else's story and let some, you know, find a little joy through somebody else's world. Yeah
0: perspective it puts so much into perspective yeah. when yeah no absolutely so how do you work with clients or support them if somebody out there is listening
1: so basically what i do is i i try i do zoom calls yep and we talk about you know but it's so funny they have most people have this thought in their head about a certain way or thing i don't come at it that way at all it's a conversation yeah because that's the person that i want to know I can read you just like you said. I -hmm. can feel you just like you said. So you being yourself is the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. Because when I come back around with a question, it's like, wow, how did she know that about me? Oh my God, why did she ask me that question? Because I want to get the real you out. Mm -hmm. Because not only do you, publish your story, you put it on your website and all that. But when you come in contact with clients, you never know if they've been on the internet and read your story. So when they come at you and they say, oh my God, I read your story and and I want to know because I feel the same way, you know, you make that connection. But if it's not the real true authentic you, 30, 30 days, 90 days to a year later, and someone comes at you, you have to think about it as like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. because it's not the truth, but if it's the truth, it's going to resonate in you and it's going to come out and bubble up and you just grabbed yourself a client. You just Mm -hmm. got yourself a client. And that's why I try to get the real person, not the person you want, right. You know, portrayal, you know, that person you want. Oh, I want them to think I'm this. No, 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 no. The real person. So if you fake phony, whatever, I'm not the one. But if you're real and authentic and you want the truth to come out, even if it's painful, we can twist that stuff around. My life was a hot daggone mess, but I have turned it around. God has turned it around. And now you can see the positivity at the end of the tunnel It's a positive. I can help you turn that thing around. And people like to know that you go through. They want to know, you know, they don't want you to be a superhero. You don't fly. You walk.
0: Yeah. And they don't. You know what? Thank you for saying that. They don't. We don't. We don't need people to be superheroes. I think there's enough like icons, people that we put up here on the pedestal. And I, I'm not going to do this quote justice, but I heard this um, a little while ago and it really landed. The more you put someone on a pedestal, then the bigger the separation you create from your ability to do whatever it is you think is important and the further they fall because that's not real. And I Absolutely. just went, oh, God, that's
1: so good. That was so good. And it is true. And women, I'm telling you, we do that a lot. We put sometimes, and I'm not married, but I think, I feel (laughs) that we put our husbands on pedestals. We put Mm -hmm. bosses, we put best friends, we put people in our lives on a pedestal and we put them so high. So it turns basically we depend upon what they think about us so much because we put them up there so high. Oh my God, he's going to think I'm fat. Or Oh my God, you know, I kept saying, um I'm um, um, in the meeting or, you know, and you put them and then you tear yourself down because you're trying to reach someone that you put there. They didn't put themselves right, right. there. You did that and you're creating all the stress and all the things that's going in your life because something that you did. Don't put listen, you bring everybody down out of eye. I'm short, so everybody short. <laughs> I bring out of eye, eye everybody yeah. short. You know, you might be six foot two, but in my eyesight, me and you right here, you five four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hey, I'm five four. I love <laughs> <You're not> right.
0: <laughs> I love that. I got a message from somebody not that long ago that said, um, you don't ever struggle with this or it's easy for you. And I was like, where in the world did you get that from? And because I'm pretty open and real Mm -hmm. on my social media, like I am very real, not, it's not negative, but I'm just real. And it was, I finally responded and I said, that's the story you're telling
1: yourself about me. That's not the truth. Yes. Yeah. This is something that I did myself. And sometimes we do, we do stuff and we have no idea it's us. It's Mm -hmm. not the other person, Mm -hmm. but it's also key that you realize that sometimes it's not you, it is the other person and they need to deal with whatever that is. Yeah. It's the bigger, the story we tell ourselves
0: about someone else, the bigger, the gap we create Mm -hmm. that we can't do something in our life, which is never true.
1: And it's so important that that's why words are so important. The things that we tell ourselves, the things that we tell ourselves about other people, because we believe what comes out of our mouth. And that's one of the things I want to leave also and, and to share. Affirmations are so important to me. Not what other people's affirmations are, but the affirmations you create for yourself. I have personal affirmations, things that I tell myself that I want to hear from other people. Mm -hmm. I want to hear people tell me I'm beautiful. I am beautiful. I believe that because Mm -hmm. it came out of my mouth. I am smart. I am brilliant. I am successful. And I tell myself all these things. And you know what? I am. Even if you don't believe it, I believe because I've told myself this so many times that I've become who I said I was. And that's why it's important that you tell yourself, even when you're beating yourself up, Mm -hmm. I tell myself, girl, what you have to say is important. Sometimes I don't put endings on words. I don't care. There's a lot of people that don't put endings on words. You know what? But you understood the first four letters. You got the rest. You You got the rest of the word. And I don't beat myself up because, and then I go back to say, you're not perfect, baby. No. You are going to make mistakes and it's okay. And there's a lot of imperfect people in the world that's going to hear you and they're going to laugh just like you did and say, you know what? I like her because she's real and she's authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not perfect and I can relate to her. And that's what you want. You want people in your life. I'm sorry. I keep going on. Oh, listen, Marsha, this is my life. This is who I am. And okay. But it's my life too. That's me. why I'm laughing. because it's Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I...
0: And I want the listener right now to understand, like, we are so passionate about this because we do a lot of the same work, which I I love. I love seeing this, right? This is, there's no lack mentality. There's like a big, big, big world. And I think the more we can be encouraging people to show up, share their stories, be who they are. Like, that's the reason we're passionate about it, because I know it works. Like, we know it works. It does. It's a huge piece of the connection. And if you are listening and you're feeling like you are not connecting to people in your life, you are missing out on some of those connections. Ask yourself how real you
1: are being with everyone. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That is so true. And sometimes you have to do self-talk. You have to check on yourself. You know, you have to go back and check on yourself. Sometimes when you're in a quiet space, really go back and say, you know, how are you doing? You know, I asked myself, how are you doing? And I remember about a month ago, I was not doing well at all. I was like, you, I'm not doing well. I'm telling myself I'm not doing well, you know, and then I'm okay. Then I'm asking myself, what can I do to make myself better? Mm -hmm. You know, and I prayed about and I prayed, prayed about it. And then God put the right person. I'm like, you need to share with someone. You need to talk to someone. You need to get this up and out. And I journal, you know, I write all my feelings and emotions in my journal and all that stuff. But sometimes you need to talk to someone. Yes. You need a sounding board. You need someone to get you out of that head space because apparently you can't get yourself out of it. So you need someone else to come in and say, hey, the way you're thinking is off. You know, you're not that person. You're not that way. You know, and my intern dialog was like on vacation that day, so you know, I needed somebody to come in mm-hmm. and bring it in, and that's exactly what I did. So that's what you have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no shame in that. If you're listening, there's no shame in having those people in your life. I have, I I have worked hard to have the people in my life now where it's not like, Hey, can I call you? So we can just bitch for an hour. It's like, I call and say, I'm having a hard time shifting this. Do you've got, have, do you have a few minutes? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all I need to hear is a couple words. I'm like, okay, good. I'm good now. And that's okay. That's not weakness. That's not weakness. That's like strength. It really is.
1: And the, and, and another key point is you have to find the right person. You can't tell everyone because everyone doesn't have your best interests at heart. No, so you have to be selective in who you are. If you're, um, if you're a believer, you know, pray and ask the Lord, Lord, who can I talk to? You know, sometimes it's your best friend it's your husband. Sometimes it's somebody that you just met. But you connect it with that person and that person can help you. They have the words that you need to hear, but you need to be very strategic in the people that you go through, too, because some people don't have your best interest in heart. Because that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And when I walked away, I'm like, why did I even waste my breath talking to her? The whole time it was about her and making herself feel better and just helping me to feel less than what I'm already feeling. I'm like, you know what? I'll never go to you again. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. but then yep. I found the right person. Yeah hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree.
0: I love this conversation. I will make sure that we have all of your links in the show notes so that people can learn more, listen to your podcast, um, follow you on social media. I love the work that you're doing. I love the energy that you bring because I just, I love it. It's real authentic and there's a ton of heart there. So I absolutely love that. You can see it. Thank you. Um, Oh my God. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And because I'll have all the links there, where do you hang out the most? Like, where do you hang out the most for social media wise?
1: It's mostly Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Perfect. Those are my two key. I don't know if people still do Twitter. I hate to be negative. you do?
0: I, I I'm on there, but it's not like I just got to the space where it's like I can only actively like do a couple things on a regular basis, and yeah. that's it's more than enough. Like so, yeah, some things make it to Twitter. I am not on there regularly, yeah, and um, I find
1: I'm finding that to be true. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry about that. No, but, you know, I find that to be true, and I think Instagram and Facebook are like the things now. So, yeah. but I have all the social media link Perfect. all of them, but you know, those are my two and then my YouTube station. So you can actually see videos Yeah, doing interviews. So yeah. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. I've one last question for you is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? I have my voice
1: mm-hmm. and I never to lose your voice. Words are powerful. What you have to say is important. And what you give out, you get back. So if you use your words for positivity, you're going to get positivity back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes back. It all comes back around and learning how to show up, share from that space mm-hmm. with no attachment and expecting that. But I gave it out today. Why is it not back? That's not how it works. No, it doesn't work <laughs> that way. It's when you need it. Yeah, it comes in. It comes <laughs> in sometimes the most beautiful ways. And it's such a beautiful surprise, but I, yeah, I completely agree. I have loved this conversation and really enjoyed getting to know you miss me.
1: Yes. I feel the same way. Marsha, you made this so easy because I love your energy just as much as you love mine. And it makes the conversation and dialogue. Perfect. People are going to love this. I know I have a feeling. (laughs)